Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. You know, I hadn't really talked about this a whole lot um, the past few weeks, but prior to last week, I had been starting to work out and get fit and, and do some physical activity for like, I think I started like in like early April, like maybe like the day after Easter, I think, or maybe the week after that, but I had been on a mission, and I had been, like, you know, trying to uh, live a, a more physical, healthier lifestyle, because I looked at myself uh, in the mirror, and I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. It took me a long time for me to realize that but when I did and I saw myself for the way that I was I was like I am not happy with this at all not one bit so I was like you know what okay I'm gonna you know start to work out but I wasn't sure how to do it what was I gonna do how was I gonna approach working out and, and living a healthier lifestyle Living at least, you know, healthier, maybe not the healthiest, but, you know, healthier and, you know, not something that's going to, like, kill me. I'm not going to go, like, on some kind of crazy diet. You know, I'm not thinking about that, but, like, maybe change some stuff up and just live better and be more active. You know, and I thought, like, okay, I think about my past and what I did in my past trials to try to lose weight. And some of them I succeeded and some I didn't. And the, the method that I used to do back then was run, jog, you know, that type of thing. Like I would either go to the treadmill or to the gym or go to a track and just like run, you know, run or walk and jog for a little bit. And then I kind of was like, you know what, every time I did that in the past, I either got runner's knee, I hurt myself or I just kind of fell off. And just stopped doing it because I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, I didn't really like... I, it didn't work for me, I guess. I didn't really like feel like much of a um, calorie burn from running, you know. So I took a different approach this time. I decided to uh, do this incline walk on my treadmill. Like at a pretty like a steeper incline. Like I think it's like a 15 incline at speed 3.0 so I tried it once and I had to bump it down to like 12 incline like at a 2.2.8 so the speed is kind of similar the incline is kind of like lower and I've been doing that for about two weeks after you know Easter and I was feeling pretty damn good I was feeling good and I, I noticed like a bump in energy after I would do it. I would do it like either in the morning or like in like late afternoon. And I would just be kind of like going at it 30 minutes a day, you know, not too long. And I burned like maybe like a total of like at least like 400 calories, you know, depending on like how fast I would go. If I would raise the stakes or what, or if I would like, you know, go a little bit longer than half a, half an hour or, you know, just uh, try to really like maximize the amount of, uh, you know, uh, how much I would, you know, burn in that half hour, whether it be sometimes maximizing speed, maybe slowing it down a little bit, maybe elevating the incline a little bit to just try to get my heartbeat going. And it felt good. It felt really good. I felt like I was like burning a lot more fat and like getting it more of an intense workout than I did by just running at a, you know, level incline, you know, level with like no incline at all, just running at a, you know, flat ground. And I've been doing that pretty well. And then last week, towards the end of last week, I I didn't feel very good. And I wasn't, you know, I, I, I was like, I wasn't sick for like that long. It was like maybe two days of where I was kind of like... and like nasally, sneezy, stuffy nose, phlegmy throat and stuff like that. And I'm just like, well, I'm not going to work out on this. Like this is just, you know, I'm not going to, not like I don't have the energy. Like I wasn't like tired or like 
body aches or whatever like that. I was just very nasally and it was very annoying and it was just like kind of would ruin my day. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, not work out while I'm feeling this way and hopefully it, you know, goes away and it go it didn't go away for like, you know, a while. Like I didn't feel bad at all. I just was like really really nasally and runny nose and stuff like that. I'm like, "Oh, this is just annoying." And that was like the only symptom. And then yesterday, I actually went, you know, got back at it and started again, and it felt good. But in that time, that entire week that I did not exercise, I felt like I gained like 20 pounds. Like I felt like I had gained all the weight back that I was losing or was in like the process of losing. And I, 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 during that time before that, I noticed like my stomach was getting like flatter, like it wasn't as big. I wasn't eating as much. I was just kind of like, you know, feeling like I was like on a mission and I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, uh, trying to eat better, eat not as much, doing that every day as much as, or every day that I can, not taking too many days off. And I was feeling good in that, just that week that I did not do it, that I wasn't feeling good. I feel like I ate the most food that week. I had Taco Bell, I had McDonald's and I got like a big meal in it. I was like, Oh my God, I felt so fat. And I just, you know, I just felt bloated. And, like, I was, like, you know, at a sink. And I, you know, I'm feeling a lot better now. I'm feeling pretty much 100%. I'm all good now. But, like, that entire week where I was just feeling, like, sluggish because, you know, I wasn't, like, up to 100% speed really kind of, like, made me mentally, like, oh, I just, like, I feel like I just set myself back to square one after taking that week off. And I actually counted it. I counted the last time before I had worked out yesterday. It was 11 days the last time that I worked out. So it was a little more than a week, right? Four days in a week, I had not worked out, and I felt terrible about it. I felt awful. And, you know, that's actually a good thing and a bad thing. One, of me falling off is not a, was not a good thing. But the desire and the anger that I had that I did fall off, and I don't like that feeling of me falling off and not, you know, giving my body, putting my body through that struggle every day and feeling so much better after, you you know, you exercise was like, I was, I, I was like um, depriving my body of its, of its natural good feeling after you work out, you know, that entire week that I missed it you know, and and even more, really made me angry, and really made me like, ah, oh, I fudged up badly, you know, it messed me up, messed everything up, felt more sluggish, I took naps, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is not what I want to be doing, this is not how I want to be spending my life, and I think I'm, if I'm at the point in my life where I get pissed off, that I did not exercise, that I'm at a good mentality in my life right now, that I'm at a good place and have purpose, you know, in wanting to make myself look better and feel better. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a good thing. I mean, we only get older, you know? I know people say that, you know, you know, um, Working out is hard, and it's, you know, it's time-consuming, or it can be time-consuming, but depending on what you do and what, like, gives you that, you know, exercise high or the runner's high or whatever, that feeling that you have after you do work out, you should try to do that every day to get to chase that feeling because it is, you know, in the moment, yeah, it's a struggle. You put your body through struggle, your body through, you know, pain and uh, exertion of energy. But you know what? You're supposed to do that, I think. I mean, imagine this. Human beings back like 100, not even that, like 600 years ago, everything that we had to do was exerting energy to live. Moving stuff, building shit, plowing shit. Transporting things, whether it be by horse or even on foot, you know, no matter what you had to do 
chopping wood for like fire. Uh, that all exerted energy through your body. But people probably weren't as stressed out from meticulous stuff like that because they actually were exercising every day. P- possibly. I mean, there was always that that uh, little, uh, you know, uh, anxiety in the back of their head. Like, oh, are we going to go to war? Are we going to need people for war? What about the harvest? You know, shit like that. But still, like, we live in a day and age where we don't have to worry about an invading tribe, you know, on our doorstep, where we have to, like, prepare for battle, right? We live a pretty cushiony life right now, right? We wake up in a bed, and it's either in a room that's air-conditioned or heated, and we have blankets, and we have underwear in our drawers for the week, and new fresh pairs of socks that you just washed, and then... You know, we have a kitchen that has running water and food in the fridge that we could don't have to eat like right at this moment. We could let it sit there for a week and it still be good enough to eat. We live a very cushiony life. And sometimes when we live too cushiony, we're going to get a little fat, you know, a little bit gluttonous, eat more than we should. And, you know, we probably should not be in that state. Because when you... Like I said, when you exercise after it, you just feel better. The day feels better. You're not as tired. At least in my experience, I'm not as tired. I'm not as sluggish. I feel like I have more energy to do stuff. I think it's just like a a natural part of, you know, being a human is to exercise and to, you know, also, you know, have some relaxation, but also putting your body through exertion and struggle something you don't want to do you know gives you a little bit of self-discipline of of where you are as a person as a human being and it's it's good for you it's good for you and you feel good so i'm back at it again i i was doing it yesterday and i i just felt better as soon as i finished it, i'm like oh yeah i like that feeling and, you know it's getting warmer outside so I do it in my garage, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like when I sweat more, I lose, I burn more calories, or I lose more fat, or I burn more fat, or whatever. That might be a myth. I'm not 100% sure, but it feels like when I sweat more, I, I burn more calories. Like, when I started back in, like, early April, it wasn't, like, super hot yet. It was still actually pretty chilly some days. And, you know, going in the garage, you know, when it's chilly outside, it's chilly in the garage, too. And I would do it, and I would burn, like, you know, a good amount of calories, but I wasn't that all that sweaty. You know, not that sweaty. And now that it's been getting hot, hotter in the garage, it's really hot. You know, not a whole lot of air circulation in there. I had to buy a fan just to get some of that circulation, you know, so I don't, like completely get like you know collapse of heat stroke i mean of course i have water there but like you know i don't want to be miserable while i work out yesterday i think the high was like maybe 91 92 and uh it didn't feel that bad you know i think my brain kind of like forgot that it was hot because when i went in there when i fired up the treadmill i'm like oh yeah it's pretty warm in here this might suck once I was like maybe 10 minutes in, it didn't even feel hot. I just felt like I was focusing so much on, you know, the incline walk and, you know, step by step, one foot after the other, and it kind of just went away. The whole like, oh, it's hot outside, you know, kind of went away, which is kind of like what I feel like happens when you exercise while it's hot, you know, all your focus is on you, you know, continuing to walk, run, lift weights, squat, whatever you're doing to push through your, you know, your workout. And the whole, you know, nagging thing about it being hot in here kind of goes away. Now, the only issue is when you're not exercising and it's hot, it's like the number one priority. It's like, oh, God, I can't stand it. It's so hot. Like if you if you go to like the DMV, right, and it's like in the summertime, and it is blistering outside, hot as shit. You go inside, their AC's broken, 
or there's so many people in there, they can't even tell that they got AC on. You're going to notice that it's burning hot. You're going to be miserable, probably sweating. Everybody's going to be stressed out and angry. That's the first thing that you notice is like, oh, it's hot. But I guess when you're exercising, that all kind of goes away, which is a good thing. You know, that would be that that'd be very awful if you didn't you weren't able to block that type of thing out of your brain while you were exercising. And you know what? Prior to when I started exercising again in April, I hadn't exercised in a long time. Didn't have the motivation, didn't have have the, you know, the fight, did not have um, the will to put my body through that again. It had been a while. And I, like I said, when I did it again, when I got back into it in April, I was like, yeah, I like this feeling. I like this. And I was like, huh, my shirt kind of feels a little bit looser in the midsection, you know, after a couple weeks, you know, of going out. And I know it was like only a couple weeks, right? And I know that I, you know, you don't lose weight that quickly when you first start exercising again. But, you know, Maybe I had, like, a lot of water weight. Maybe I had, like, you know, a lot of it is water weight that just kind of bloats me. Maybe certain foods bloat me even more than I that, that did not before that I'm noticing that I get up in age. Maybe, you know, I, 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 you know, the body changes. You know, after a certain age, you start to notice stuff more. Like, prior to me exercising, too, prior to all this stuff... It was one night before I went to bed, I decided to have a big, not like a super big, but a pretty decent sized bowl of ice cream. I love ice cream. Ice cream is like one of my favorite desserts ever. Like cake, pie, you know, brownies, cookies, they're all good. But ice cream is like, it's like, it's like the sugariest and the creamiest, but also, like, kind of like the lightest, right? It's not like an actual food. It's, like, not like a solid thing. It's more like a a liquid. Even though it is frozen, when it's frozen, it's a solid, it's mainly a liquid. Like, if you get a brownie at room temperature, it is a brownie. It is a solid. If you freeze a brownie, it is still a brownie. Ice cream at room temperature is like milk. It's a liquid. Freeze it, it's a solid. You know, kind of kind of crazy to think about, but it's the truth. And it's always been like my favorite type of dessert of all time. And I decided to have two flavors of ice cream that night. I had Rocky Road and Cookies and Cream. And two of my favorite flavors of all time, you know. It was a nice big bowl of ice cream. And it was right before I went to bed. When I went to bed, about maybe 30 minutes after I, you know, try to go to sleep, I wake up, my stomach is in pain. Absolute pain. And I'm like, oh my god, dude. Like, what happened to me? And I was trying to think back, what did I eat for breakfast, lunch, what did I have for dinner? Do I need something like maybe I snacked on something that was maybe not good to eat? What was it? And then as I was in the restroom, like my stomach was aching and I was like bloated as shit. Like it was like my stomach had expanded. Like, you know, like when you... There's points in the day, you know, or in your life where you can, like, push your stomach gut out and make yourself look full. And then, you know, other times your belly is just flat as shit. Because you either have nothing in it or eat something that wasn't that much and it won't bloat you up. But I guess the ice cream that I had eaten, you know, maybe I had a bad reaction. Maybe, you know, the lactose bullshit that people get gassy and... Stomach aches with lactose. Maybe that actually affected me that night. I'm thinking that was what happened. And I just felt terrible. I was gassy. I had diarrhea. And my stomach was in pain. And it was bloated. I was like, oh my god, I feel terrible. 
And that had never happened to me before. Never. That was never something that I had issues with. I never had trouble with dairy in my life. From like milk, cheese, sour cream, ice cream, nothing like that had ever, you know, made me have that type of reaction until that one night. Maybe I just had a little too much ice cream and it had ruined me. And, you know, I haven't had ice cream since, though. I've had milk a few times here and there, and that hasn't done anything. But maybe it was like the combination of the dairy and the sugar that just like just destroyed me that night. I mean, destroyed me. I was in legit pain. Like I was like in like like stomach aching. Like I might vomit or, you know, bad diarrhea. And it actually sucked because the diarrhea took forever to, you know, to come out of me. Like, I knew, like, because I had just seen that, like, half an hour ago. Like, when I finished, I'm like, all right, time to go to sleep. See ya. I'm like, well, I don't know how long food takes to digest to become waste, but I'm pretty sure I have a lot more, a long ways to go before that. And, dude, it was painful. And I haven't had ice cream since, and I probably won't have ice cream that late again that was pretty traumatic and it sucks because i love ice cream but ever since that happened i've been a little scared to consume it you know that happens a lot that happened to me a couple times right now with ice cream and there was this burger shop when i was in college that was delicious we me and my friend had discovered it when we were in college. We would go there like every, like a few times a month because it was so good. And the last time that I went, you know, I got food poisoning. Have not been there since. Have been actually kind of scared to go back because of that experience. And let me tell you this. If you don't know this about me, I hate throwing up. Vowed. I have vowed to never throw up again because how much how much I hate throwing up. I understand that it relieves, you know, that feeling of, you know, illness, right? Being sick, you have to throw up in order to feel better. But I just rather not be in that position ever again. That is a horrible position. You are so vulnerable. You're so squeamish. You have no control of your body. And you're, you know, it's got to get out of there. Your body has to expel it. And for the most part, you know, it's from your mouth. It's terrible. It's one of the things that I I just can't stand in my life. So I have vowed to never throw up again. I do that all the time. And when I fail, I'm like, this is horrible. I hate my life for that. And... You know, I haven't vomited in a long time, and I hope to keep it that way, you know, knock on wood, that it never happens again, because it is one of the worst things in my life. Before that, there was a time where I I almost succumbed to vomiting. I almost threw up. I almost broke my vow. You know, I had Chipotle one day. I had their, uh, it was a new menu item. It might have been like maybe about eight months ago. It was it was their pollo asada, pollo asado, whatever it was, their new chicken, and that shit strip gave me food poisoning. Like, I didn't vomit, I had diarrhea, and my stomach was in an atrocious pain. And I'm like, I immediately knew, I knew it as it was happening. It was fucking Chipotle, and I was, you know. I'm lucky that it wasn't fucking salmonella because I've heard stories and you hear like stuff on the news on the on the internet of Chipotle E. coli or salmonella outbreak or whatever the fuck and you know what I've taken the liberties to avoid specific items on the Chipotle menu I don't eat the, the Chipotle chicken and I don't eat the Chipotle lettuce and I've avoided that since then. I've had Chipotle probably about 10 times since then. Not once have I had any stomach pain. So I'm, I'm guessing, if you're listening to this, if you like Chipotle, like me, if you like Chipotle even more than me, I would highly 
suggest banning from your from what you get chipotle ban chicken and ban the lettuce and you should be okay i understand that people like chicken and people think that chicken is healthier it is but if you're not gonna you know do anything else besides eat healthy you're probably not gonna lose that much weight ban the chicken ban the lettuce i think you'll be okay I have been okay since then. No issues, no stomach problems, no queasiness, absolutely nothing. And, you know, it took me a while to do it, but I did it. And that wasn't even the first thing that I had to ban from my fucking, my diet at Chipotle. Before I was a chicken guy, I was a carnitas guy. I ate the Chipotle carnitas, and I shit you not... Every fucking time I would eat the chipotle carnitas, right? Every time I got the carnitas, I had diarrhea after I would consume the burrito. There had been times where I was consuming the carnitas burrito. And as I'm eating the carnitas burrito, I have to go to the bathroom. As I am consuming it, it is already already to be expelled from my body can't make this up it actually happened so what did i do i completed the carnitas burrito and then i went straight to the bathroom i was like i i i I can't i have to go and i was a little ashamed of myself i was ashamed for one because my stomach was a bitch and i felt like a bitch so i was like you know what i'm gonna avoid being a bitch, and stop getting the carnitas. So I did. I said, you know what? Carnitas, you're out of my life. So I went to chicken, or pollo, whatever you like to call it. Got the chicken. And then I almost had that scare of salmonella, which I'm pretty sure my brother did get because he one time said that he had chipotle, the chicken, And he couldn't eat shit for at least anything for, like, at least two days. He only had, like, crackers and, like, water. And I'm like, bro, I ain't no doctor. But I feel like you probably got salmonella. Like, because you had the chicken, you haven't eaten shit in two days. Odds are you probably got salmonella, my friend. I would stay away from the chicken. And he did for a while, but he went back because he's dumb. He's dumb. And he likes to play with fire. I'm like, okay, bro, get Chipotle. Get the chicken from Chipotle. But you're playing with fire here. I've learned that steak is the way to go. Whether it's the Cosito steak or whatever the hell they fucking made, the uh, Coigo garlic steak, the regular steak, or I think I've had the Asada once. It was all right, but... Anything, the steak at least, the, the basic steak for me is has, has never let me down. It's always been good and good to my stomach. So it's like, all right, we're cool. We chill. Again, I went from carnitas to chicken to steak. But I found a way. I found a way. I found my, my loophole into consuming chipotle. And before that, I even used to get the red hot sauce, the hot sauce, and that was always a um, that was also a struggle because I I enjoyed the heat, but at one point, one day, I was like, you know what? This is a little painful. I'll be honest. This is kind of painful to complete this this um, this burrito. It's kind of painful. My tongue does not like this pain. It's on fire. So I switched. I flipped to the green salsa, which I don't even know if it's mild, medium, or hot. I'm guessing mild because there's like no kick to it at all. It just tastes pretty good. But I've been getting that too. And ever since that change, I finally found the burrito that is, in my opinion, the goaded burrito at Chipotle. It is white rice, pinto beans, steak, cheese, sour cream, and green salsa. Delicious. Always on point for me. Feel like I just 
You know, I just, it, it's a nice burrito of flavor and goodness. There's something about that chipotle sour cream that's like a little too addictive, I think. You know, you don't get sour cream anywhere like that. It's like a soup, almost. It's not like, you know, Daisy or whatever you get. It's like something else. It is magical. Magical. Magical shit. Chipotle is. Moving on to sports now. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it will be Thursday. This podcast comes out on Thursday, like I've been saying for the past two years. And at this moment, the Lakers are out of the playoffs. They've been eliminated in four games to the Denver Nuggets. The first time I believe in LeBron James's history that he's been swept out of the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals. And you know this from this podcast. I have been riding up pretty high on the Lakers and LeBron James in these playoffs. For one, because of where they started and to where they finished. Because, let's be honest, the way they started was pretty fucking pathetic. As an organization like the Lakers, who get players like LeBron James, Anthony Davis. At that point in the beginning, they had Russell Westbrook. And I want to say they had... No, they didn't have... Um, but three players that have been established in the league as quote-unquote good players. They're not scrubs. They're not rookies that don't have anything to offer they don't they're not like you know also they're not like in their prime either though well actually AD might be in his prime but LeBron and even Russell Westbrook at that point were not in their prime they were towards the end of their career which is bizarre for me to say especially especially for Russell Westbrook because I remember when that fool was like fresh out of UCLA at OKC, playing with Kevin Durant like and James Harden back then. And now they're pretty much like old guys. But be it as it may, when they started the season, they were a laughing stock. They were a laughing stock. No one gave a shit about them because they opened the season 2-10. and 10. The Lakers, one of the most expensive, high-spending NBA teams in the league, and you're ten and two or two and ten to start the season. After you won a championship in the bubble, by the way, in 2020 with AD and LeBron. Now, granted, a completely different team besides that, but the two focal points of that team. And you can't. You're just playing bad now. Like what's going on? And I know this season, maybe the previous one. AD had a lot of issues with injuries. He wasn't playing very good because he was never on the court, right? He wasn't on the court as much. You know, I think that um, Charles Charles Barkley liked to call him street clothes because he was never dressed to play in the game. And that was always funny because it's true, it's a fact. He was always in street clothes because he was always injured. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes, Right? So, you, you know, we laughed about that. We joked about that. And, you know, throughout the season, you know, they made some deals at the trade deadline. You know, they got rid of uh, uh, Westbrook. And uh, D'Angelo Russell came along. And they got, uh, I'm not, I can't remember if um, Austin Reeves was there from the beginning of the year. But he started to play better. And then they got to the playoffs. You know, they made it in. They were the, they were the seventh seed, I believe. And they got in, you know, miraculously. And they beat up a young Grizzlies team that was, you know, considered to be on the rise, but had a lot of, you know, growth that they had to go through. And, you know, a lot of their players are, you know, young. Dylan Brooks was a little over, actually way over his head and calling out LeBron being small. And that just totally backfired and they beat them. And then they played the Warriors, another team with a lot of savvy veterans. Of course, you know who's on that team. They've already won four championships together. And... And, he, and and to now, and you know, they played the, the, the Nuggets and have obviously got swept, but 
you know, you got to, you know, give them a little credit because they were bad for the last, like, two regular seasons, you know? I mean, if you're talking, like, Los Angeles Lakers fans, you know, um, hopes and dreams for the team to be, you know, well and, like, one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team, that's their... That should be that their fans' expectations of that team because of who's behind it, because who they have on that team, and because the money that they've spent um, to build that franchise the way that it has been. 17 rings, I think. Uh, 17 uh, NBA championships. Like, I mean, you you don't just get there from, you know, getting lucky. You know what you, they know what they're doing. And for them to be, you know, this season you know, kind of like fighting towards that and ultimately getting into the playoffs and going pretty deep. I mean, even though getting swept, we got to be honest with ourselves as fans. Nobody expected that. Nobody saw that coming. No one thought that they would be able to get it together you know, just by the regular season. I mean, yeah, they got better after the trade deadline, but still it's like, you know who's in the West? Like you got Denver, you have Phoenix, that's decent not the best but and then they still got the clippers who are you know you know per, kind of well maybe not but they seem that they were a more better team you know throughout the regular season than, than than the lakers did but you know ultimately you know the lakers were the team that i think you know during these playoffs and had something to play for and you know being looked down throughout the entire season by the league and everybody that they played, nobody even expected them to beat the Grizzlies the way that they did, you know? Especially with the players and the talent that they have on that team. The experience is what won out that series, you know? When you got LeBron James willing that team to beat those scrubs in Memphis, I mean, you just had to think about, like, you know... If you're betting on experience and knowledge and uh, of, of, of the playoffs and who's in it, I mean, the Lakers should have won that because of the experience and because of the players that they had. And, you know, as they were going on, AD was going off and he was playing well as well, along with LeBron. And of course, like every other game they had you know production from Austin Reeves and uh, Rui Hachimura and uh, Lonnie Walker a couple times and you know they actually became a team that you know knew how to play together and knew their strengths and were able to beat these teams and then they, when they moved on to the the Warriors you know uh, playing another team that was kind of equal to them in terms of veterans and players that they had that were kind of older and not as young um, they were just too strong for the Warriors. LeBron James and AD were just too strong for the Warriors. That small lineup was just not going to work against these two big boys, you know, just pounding the paint. And when the threes don't fall, like for the Warriors, towards the end of that series, they were just not falling. The Lakers were able to rely on the, the, on the paint play, especially when AD was just like, ignited and just going off they couldn't stop him you know it was, it was just night lights out for the, the warriors and then just the recent series you know i was feeling like you know lakers are kind of they should be you know happy you know where they're at right now in this uh in this in these playoffs you know i know denver was the number one seed overall in the nba the best team best record best scoring offense but you know this is against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and his will to win, and how he's proven to will the team to go this far, you know, before the sweep. And then when they played the, the, the Nuggets, you know, even though I was feeling confident about them going into the series, they played good games. Their games were not very, you know... They did not lose by too badly of margins, and the the Nuggets were just the team that had the extra firepower that the Lakers just lacked. As much as they were getting production from Reeves, Hachimura, LeBron, not as much from AD as you would have thought in certain games. 
you probably looking back at this, you think that hmm, AD probably could have done a lot better. If he played better, they probably they probably would have gotten a game or two. You know, I'll be honest. And they they just were not enough for like Jamal Murray, Jokic, KCP, Otto Porter. the The usage of Aaron Gordon in this series was phenomenal. Like like they had a lot of firepower on that team and people who could score the basketball Jeff Green like what like they 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 are you know that team is loaded of scorers who can just like you know anybody can get a bucket on that team you know and it's same with the Lakers you know they just did not have quite enough to match the Nuggets' firepower they had a little bit more and that was what won them the games every single game and they were close games they were very close games you know very not that not that high of a margin of victory but like you know they if they had a little bit more help they would have probably made it a lot more competitive and they might have won a game or two but ultimately I think that you know you can kind of look at this season for the Lakers as nobody expected them to to get that far fans us people who watch the games we did not expect that so we can probably look at it and be like, yeah, that was a pretty good season for them. But I think in a press conference that LeBron had, he said that he was, you know, this not where he wants to be. He's not he's tired of getting towards conference finals and not winning championships, which is exactly what you're supposed to say at this point. You are how old is LeBron 38? He's not going to be playing just to get to the conference finals and get swept by a Nuggets team. And he still wants to play. Come on, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna retire for this year. I mean, if you want him to, he's not. He's just not. But I liked what he said. This shows the competitive nature that he's he's not gonna settle for just getting to the Western Conference Finals. And to get swept by the Nuggets is like it's pretty demoralizing because you can pick all you can you can look at the games and be like there's a lot of good in these games you played that last game you had an amazing first half you ran out of gas at the end second half you didn't do much definitely ran out of gas in my opinion but as fans we can look at it and be like we can look at it and say yeah it was it was cool but for you to you know put everything out that you have empty the tank every nine day and still lose. That's pretty, like, as players, as for the players and as them as competitors, like, that is something that it's hard for you to shake off. It's hard. I mean, looking at them, their faces and how they were, like, damn, like, they they played hard. They tried a lot. They, They played hard. And they lost. It's like, damn, that's devastating. That is, that is gut punching man as a competitor man you don't want to go through that you know but that's why they play the games that's why they continue to play now i don't know what's going to happen with them in the future i think if you you know look at it as the season wraps up you want to make changes who do you get rid of you get rid of lebron ad the head coach, other players. I think at, at this point, you can look at it as this being like a collective failure. Like, we just didn't have what it took to withstand the Denver Nuggets offense. We all collectively, you know, they, they all gave it their all. They all tried. They all played hard. So you can't really look at the, the this Lakers, Lakers team and be like, this guy lost them the the series. Maybe AD's offensive production this series kind of like disappeared. But I mean, it's not like enough for me to be like, oh, it's AD's fault. It's just like the the, the Nuggets were just better. They just had more than the, than the Lakers did, and that's just where it is. Now on the other side, look at Boston. And by the time you're listening to this, I believe Game Five will be played today. Um, Let me just look that up real quick just to be sure because I'm not entirely sure when they're going to play game five. Let me just look this up real quick. It'll take me 
a couple of seconds. Where are you, NBA? Yeah. So game five is on Thursday. So today. And before this game, before that game is played, game four was played yesterday. Two days ago, sorry. And um, I'll be honest, before the game even tipped, I'm like, the Celtics are dead. Dead. To me, the Miami Heat are a team that is far less talented than the Celtics. Thousand percent. Celtics have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Derek White, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, um, Malcolm Brogdon. Just a more like bigger team, better player, more talented players. And an okay coach. First year rookie coach that, you know, it was gifted one of the, the best teams in the NBA. The, the the team that was representing the Eastern Conference last season. Pretty much identical team. And, you know, that was in the finals. That lost to the Warriors, but still the best team in the East. And you go up against the Heat, who have Jimmy Butler... Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, uh, um, Max Struess, Kevin Love, Cody Zeller, and that team is up 3-0 on the Boston Celtics, who had home court advantage. You're telling me that that team is up 3-0 before Game 4 is played? I'm like, you got to be shitting me. The way that this Boston Celtics team, up until game four, had looked, they looked dead in the water. They looked like they just could not crack the heat. The heat were out-rebounding them, out-hustling them, out-scoring them, out-effort-playing them. Like it, It was night and day of how... The Miami Heat just, it seemed like they just wanted to win more than the Boston Celtics. I actually could not believe, while watching the three games prior to game four, how much the Boston Celtics were were collapsing under the pressure. Or maybe it was like the overlooking of the Miami Heat or what, but like, it just looked like they had no response and they just could not do anything against this Miami Heat team. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. The Miami Heat, the eighth seed that barely got into the, into the playoffs, is whooping the Celtics' ass. I couldn't believe it. It was so astonishing. I had not seen a more lopsided series from a team that was not expected to make the playoffs or even get this far and make it this lopsided. And when Game 3 came along, and I was watching that, and then I saw the final score, I'm like, no way. Are you kidding? They won by like 20-some points. And I was like, no way. And I was just like, at that moment, I was like, oh, Boston, I think you're done. Like, Like, this is... That was horrible. And like, you know, a game that you needed to win and and they and they lose by 20. And then they started the game, you know, game 4, you know, pretty shaky, falling behind again. I'm like, "Oh my god. It's going to happen again." And I was watching that game and I was like, "Nah, bro. Miami wants this. Miami just wants it more. As much talent as they have, these guys like like Max Struess and all them are scoring like like important buckets and just like f- just making the Celtics look like they're out of their league. And I was just like, nah. The Heat are just different. 
And that's got to be, you know, credit to Coach Eric Spolstra. You know, he's been at that team for a long time, for many, many years. You know, since LeBron James, I think even before, I think before LeBron James even got to Miami, he's been there since then. And, you know, he might be in consideration of right now at this moment, the best coach in the league because of where he has this team at. Like, he knows for a fact that his team is not as talented as the Boston Celtics. But my God, they're going to out-compete and out-effort the Celtics pretty much on every possession. And you saw it with how many turnovers that the Boston Celtics had in that first half. I mean, of Game 4, I was like, you've got to be like... The Celtics are making all these mistakes where, where in a game where they cannot afford to make mistakes. And they are making them left and right. And I was like, no fucking way. I, I could not believe how much Miami just disrupted everything that they had done. Everything was disrupted by the Miami Heat. I could not believe it. It was like watching a, J, a varsity team versus like a a freshman team at that first first half. It was like, I couldn't believe it. And then something happened. I don't know what it was. If it was Coach Missoula or just like the players be like, all right, folks, this shit lame. Like, we cannot do this. Like, this is unacceptable because every game you saw, like, they just frustrated the Celtics. And you can even tell, like, in this game, like, they were so frustrated that it was like, bro, like, why are we here? We get paid for this shit. What are we doing? And they just decided, you know what? Fuck this. They won by like 15, something like that. And it was like the game that for one they needed, and the game five is going to be in Boston. And, you know, there was a quote. There was quotes from Jalen Brown and I think Jason Tatum too that they said, don't let us win one before the game even started. And those quotes, I saw those quotes after the game had finished. I don't know why I saw it then, but maybe they released him out because they kind of want to build a story. You know, before the game, it probably wouldn't be as, you know, the narrative was like the Celtics are dead, which I fully was like a part of. Like, I thought like they were just dead. There's no way they're coming back. They they look so demoralized and the heat just looked better. And they released those quotes after the game. And I was like, holy shit. Boston actually might have something here. This might be the turn of the tide. Now, no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in the NBA Finals. I believe it happened once in baseball with the Red Sox beat the Yankees. The Yankees were up 3-0 in the American League uh, American League pennant or whatever it's what's it called? American League Championship Series. The Red Sox came back and won that. It'd be pretty crazy if another Boston team did that, but I know that Miami was probably really, really disappointed that they let that game slip away because they were, for that first half, pretty much absorbing everything that the Celtics threw at them and just kind of like added even more to them. You know, just like, oh, you're going to punch me once, I'll punch you fucking twice and even faster, you know? It was, like, shit. I was, like, ready to fucking, like, wrap it up. Like, I'm not even going to watch the second half. It's over. See ya. But, um, now they came back. Made it competitive. One game, one game four. Now game five is today. You know, if they did get swept, if they got swept, I think we would have had, like, at least, like, eight or nine days off before the finals started. They would, because they're locked in, they start on June 1st. So that means that um, we would have to have like nine or eight, eight or nine days with no NBA basketball until they would start. Because the Lakers had got swept and the Celtics nearly got swept and it would have just been, or they avoided the sweep. And if Miami won, it would have been over and it would have been Miami versus Denver which has to be a nightmare matchup if you're the NBA. Like, there is no way the NBA is rooting for, (laughs) was rooting for before the conference finals even started. I want to see Denver versus Miami. No! They want to see Boston versus Los Angeles. 
that's what they wanted, that would have brought in the ratings, even though I think that that rivalry is not as strong as it once was, because one team has not been better at uh, good enough to you know make it seem like oh they might make the finals or they might make you know when the lakers were good the celtics weren't all that great when the celtics were good the lakers aren't weren't that great it was only until now when both teams had the opportunity to get to the finals where it's like oh shit this might be a cool thing but in terms of like the rivalry and how it's like perceived i don't feel like it's as strong as it used to be now, we haven't had a Lakers-Celtics finals since 2010. We probably won't get that anytime soon, but it would be nice to see again. Maybe prove me wrong. Maybe let, let me see. You know, I, I don't live in either city, so I'm not fully, like, you know, entrenched in this rivalry or how, like, passionate it is. I mean, it's across-the-country rivalry. How could it be that fucking intense, you know? It's not like it's, like, Yankees, Red Sox, or... Dodgers, Giants, they're like right next to each other. How is, how could the Celtics-Lakers rivalry even be all that good? It makes no sense. Um, but still, the Lakers and the Celtics is definitely what the NBA wanted. And I'm surprised that they didn't go to more effort to rig these games to make that happen. You know, knowing that they're, every league is now known to rig shit to get matchups that they want even though I don't really believe it. Sometimes when you see stuff happen, you're like, hmm, some of the fouls that were happening on Jokic seem very, you know, interesting. Now, he didn't foul out in any of the games, but still. It did seem like they wanted to have some pivotal moments to maybe give the Lakers a little bit more life. But, you know, they got some life capitalized, but still, Denver was just too strong. Too powerful. Last thing I want to talk about before I wrap this episode up is Judgment Day. It is time. It has happened. I'm pretty sure it is in full effect. The password sharing on Netflix is gone. I have seen people been getting emails about the password sharing, how it is pretty much eradicated. They are now able to tell about where you live, the household, the IP address, the location by via GPS and all that shit of when you're sharing with somebody that is not in your household, therefore not able to share with, which is sad. It's an end of an era. You know what? This was just a, I think, just a thing to get people to, you know, to to buy their own fucking Netflix, get their own subscription. The only problem is Netflix doesn't have any good shows out there at the moment. I talk to people and I ask them, what do you watch on Netflix? I've gotten answers like Stranger Things, Narcos. And that's about it. There ain't that much stuff on Netflix. Netflix, hear me out. Instead of, you know, having us spend our own money to use an account, which if you don't know, if you want to share with somebody, you got to pay an extra $7.99 for them to be able to share your profile. How about you just make good shows, Netflix? You know... You always have, like, the one show every year or every couple years, right? Like Stranger Things, Squid Game, right? But you don't have any good shit to fucking last you a calendar year. Like, where is your good content? You know? I don't hear shit about fucking Netflix shows. I don't hear shit about really any show right now. The only show that I really like right now that's killing it, and it kills it week after week... Is Ted Lasso. It's not The Mandalorian. It's motherfucking Ted Lasso. That shit is lit. As fuck. It's the best show right now. It's so good. It's brilliant. It makes me fucking happy as a as a as a fucking ant. I like. Ted Lasso is the shit. And I have not seen this week's episode. 
Next week will be the series finale. Maybe I'll talk about that on the show, but it has been my favorite show since it aired, since it came out. I think it came out in 2020 during the pandemic, and that was just like a fucking grace of God, like a blessing from God. Like, here is this God-tier show. Enjoy. I've been enjoying it ever since. Now, back to the topic of the pricing and now sharing, um, being forced to pay to share with somebody your account. This is insane. This is crazy. It. I just want to know like how much money this company loses yearly, daily, because they 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 don't got nothing. They got nothing on that fucking platform. They got some good shows here and there. I enjoy their comedy specials, but besides that, Netflix doesn't really have a whole lot to offer anymore. I look at their catalog and I'm like, nothing jumps out at me. Nothing. And I'm like a decent, like, you know, I'm not like super picky, but it's like, I don't see nothing on this fucking streaming service that is worth my fucking time. And everything that is on there costs multi-millions of dollars. And I've heard that they, they even got friends for like, I think every year they have that fucking show and it costs them $100 million to keep on. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on. Like, how many people actually pay Netflix, pay for Netflix and versus how many people actually watch Netflix? Like, for instance, if someone has Netflix and has one account, the premium account, and that person in that family has, you know, multiple profiles, and you get a sample of people of says, how many people here watch Netflix? Let's say everybody fucking raises their hand, right? Out of, you know, let's say like out of like 30 people, people raise their hand like, I watch Netflix, I watch Netflix, and then they say like, how many people here pay for Netflix? Only six people raise their hands out of 30 people, and then you think about that, you think, hold on, (laughs) these numbers aren't matching up, these numbers aren't adding up at all, how does this fucking company pay for all this fucking shit, it kind of makes you think of this whole streaming service shit, how is this gonna last, you know, I could see back then with Network television, when they were being paid by advertisers and advertisements and commercials to put their shows on these networks. But now I think about it, you know, with a lot of stuff that we watch now that we pay for on the Internet, like these streaming services, you pay to have no ads. That's why you bought in the first place for no commercials. And now we have versions of these streaming services with ads and some of them that don't even have the full catalog. (laughs) Are we in for a... an implosion on streaming services? We might be. We might be. Once I saw that Netflix's basic, basic bitch tier with ads doesn't have the full catalog of Netflix, I was like, you idiots. You evil, evil fuckers. Like, uh, you're gonna lose people. You're gonna lose people like fucking crazy, bro. And this fucking announcement of, you gotta pay to share, bro. You either, you better hope that this just inspires every person to buy their own fucking account, or this shit's going down with the ship. This is going down. It is fucking insane when you think about it, you know? And you're paying for what? Eight episodes a season? That is horseshit. Remember back in the day when they had like 20 episodes for a season? Like, it was actually, like, a, a decent season, not, like, two weeks, or not, like, two months. Back then, when they could actually fucking, like, write during the season two and get some feedback from some episodes and make changes and shit, now they don't fucking do that. Now that, That's why the shows are so bad now, because there's no fucking, you know, writing while the episodes are coming out, while they're being shot, while they're being viewed. That whole creativity's gone. And now this whole fucking writer strike is happening. It's like, bro, I think the next season of shows is going to be pretty fucking terrible because of this fucking strike. So, at the moment, the hot seat 
of the fucking day, week, month, whatever, is fucking television and streaming platforms. Right now, it's going to be a rough couple months for y'all. Hopefully, we can, you know, live through it and be okay without it. Um, Anyways, people, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember to like this podcast, share this podcast, watch this podcast, listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can find this podcast at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva on all those platforms. And make sure you to like, review, rate, subscribe, do all that good shit. Share that too. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you guys next week.